We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, LL Nation? Lucky Lucky Podcast. Hope everyone had a great holiday weekend, man. Of course, the Anora Boys are back. We're brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you do so responsibly. You got to do it responsibly, man. Lucky Lucky Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Courtesy of CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. You already know, no one covers college football like we do. Great shows like my guy, John Garcia Jr., State of Recruiting, along with the Lucky Lefty Podcast, CFB Nation. You already know, we spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
It's, get, it's game week left. It is. It's game week left. Team's first practice at 4.45 p.m. Eastern time. Down in Florida on today. Uh, I'm sure that's, they're happy to get out of the uh, inclement weather. We survived the storm over the weekend. Right. You know the crazy thing about it, Left? I'll give just guess what the weather is supposed to be Wednesday in Chicago. Probably like 65 or something. 53. Oh my goodness. Yeah, dude. It's <laughs> make up your mind, man. Is it fall or is it winter? I'm not complaining though, Left. And I'm sure the Notre Dame staff and players aren't complaining being down in Florida, which is going through a little cool spell themselves, man. They they right. had a couple of 50-degree days over the last two or three days. So um, this will be the second time that Notre Dame will have played on December the 30th. You remember the last time, left? Probably the Music City Bowl, right? Oh, you're smart. You, you, you saw that oop. Yep, I saw you it. You saw that oop and put it down like Aaron Gordon did it over Landry Shamit last night. Now that was but that was a real poster. Oh man, fell on the dude, all type of ooze. That was a great play. I feel like if you complete that type of dunk, there's no way they should call offensive foul. Oh no, you just can't. Just you for just, the just for the pure entertainment, right? Because I swear if if John Moran had completed that dunk against Golden I mean, State, those those guys are so athletic. It's crazy. I mean, it's looking. I thought LeBron doing it back in the day was crazy. Aaron Gordon, just well, Aaron Gordon. You know what? That's a great place to start off. That's our LL question of the day left. What athletic feat or attribute would you love to experience one time? I would love to be able to experience the, the ability to jump like that just one time left. Yeah, just one time. Just one time. Just to take off, cock the ball back. Yeah. Just one time. Like 40-inch vertical. Just one tight. time. It would either be that. It would either be that or to throw the ball like 65 with the flick of the wrist. Ooh, okay. It would be between the two. Yeah. You know what's sneaky, though? I would love to be able to stop a hockey puck going 100 miles per hour as a goalie. I think that's just freakish athletic ability, yeah, dude. That's that's pretty crazy. And our coordination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good call, left. Jump, jump, cross the cross the whole thing, be sideways, yeah. save yeah. the ball or something. Yeah. Or, or, or bat, like, what, 400 one time <laughs> or a week? <laughs> Batting at 400? Oh, you Hall of Fame. You Hall of Man. Fame. Yo, we love everybody, LL Nation. What feat or attribute athletically would you just love to experience just one time? Just one time. Like, it had to be cool to be physically as big as Cam Newton in college football. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just, football, just trucking, trucking linebackers. Just. Yeah. Well, I want to have the ability to do like a Stephat Davidson, just one mm -hmm. game where I'm just – Saucing dudes up, hitting it from crazy, looking away. Yeah. Shit. Just one step day. I think it'd be real nice. <laughs> yeah. 
Our girl, yeah, P-Dub says that Vince Carter over the seven-footer dunk. Frederick Weiss of Friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm with that. I'm with that. Yes, we, we see you in the chat. Look, we're not going to get into anything as far as transfer quarterbacks until something is official. Then we'll really dig into that. But I am going to let Leak give his initial thoughts on what was reported by Eric Hansen, who is pretty much one of the godfathers on the beat. So great, if, great. if he's if he's putting it out. So Left has some thoughts. I don't know if it's going to make y'all <laughs> feel any better, but Left, Left definitely has some thoughts. We have Coach Carl Reed coming up in about five minutes, Left, about five minutes. You know, we always love talking to him, man. Also later in the show, we're going to talk about the Notre Dame offense from the 23 class as they continue to close the gap. Now, they were devoid of talent, playmakers, because of probably the last two to three recruiting classes and the defections from those classes and a lack of development, right? Specifically at the quarterback position. Wide receiver room was short on numbers. They increased those. Not only did they get a Caleb Smith in the 23 class, they got a Caleb Smith in the wide receiver room as a transfer from Virginia Tech as well. And by the way, sometime later this week, Caleb Smith, the transfer, will be joining us here on the Lucky Lucky Podcast. There we go. There we go. We're just nailing down the day and the time. But it will be one of the later days in this week. I think it's going to be the day before the game. He probably He's probably going to join us on the Lucky Lucky Podcast. So we look forward to Look forward to having them on because you already know we we spin it different. Yeah, we spin it different. Um, left indulge. Well, fans indulge just for a second because I was telling Left this man. I've been a Notre Dame fan left for thirty some years. Left this Christmas, bro. I got five Notre Dame hoodies for my family. Bro. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> five. <laughs> Left. My my family has never bought me any Notre Dame apparel. <laughs> in, in the in the amount of time you've been a fan, never bought you. In all of those years, uh, mom and dad yeah. never. Yo, mom, nothing. Mom, <laughs> mom went as far to get me a Notre Dame license bracket, bro. She wow. bought me a Notre Dame license plate bracket, bro. Now that's now that's now that's serious now because that shows you a real fan. I'm like, why? I'm like, oh, so now I get a show. I do yeah. a podcast now. You now respect we, my fans. <laughs> We done hit some downloads that people done paid attention to. And they like, oh, let me go ahead and outfit this guy on oh, oh, and say I did that. That's okay. That's okay, because we like it's cold. So we gotta switch it oh, up. Oh man. Oh yeah. KL, you might be right, dude. Some of the stuff might have been on sale because of that eight and four season. You might be right. You know, no damn bookstore gonna sell a hella high water, man. Eight and four is percent oh, off. There you go. Oh, man. But shout out to everyone. I hope you guys had a fantastic 
holiday weekend, as we said before. And we're just waiting for Coach Reed to jump in. Left, what's as we get ready to go into this new year, man, and prepare for this Gator Bowl, give me the one thing that you want Notre Dame to come out of and go into. What's the one thing you want this Notre Dame program to come out of and go into? In 2023, we want to be a fast track team, a team that's a dynamic and, and fun to watch on TV. That that requires us to be using our young guys, the guys that the fans loved in recruiting, seeing them flash on the field, seeing a quarterback that's beyond just being a capable guy, somebody that's going to push the ball down the field, make plays, use the guys that we recruited so hard around us, and then just be a dominant team. I think we was a team that was kind of in the middle of the fence. Now we're the team that hopped over the fence, one leap on some Superman. So now we're trying to transition into the championship era of Notre Dame where we're competing like Alabama every three years or so. We're in that game, and we're and we're looking to uh, build sort of what Alabama has in a dynasty in a, in a decade. You know what, left? No more transfer quarterbacks. After this year. That's it. That that's mine, coming out of 2022 and going into 2023. That's it. This is the last time Notre Dame goes to the transfer portal for a quarterback. That's not it, bro. That's not elite college football. It's not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Unless there's a coaching change, or we lose two of our top quarterbacks to like terrible injuries at the in the last game, the bowl game or something like that. That's it. No more. Don't want to see it. Can't have it. Can't win with them. Had to get my little Mike Singletary on right quick. Can't do it. Can't Can't do do it. (laughs) So, without a doubt, that's the thing I want Notre Dame to move out of and go into in 2023. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So, as always, it is indeed our pleasure to have on the best. I'll just go out there and say it, because we always say our guy, John Garcia Jr., is the best recruiting analyst in all of college football. That's why he's on the Lucky Lefty podcast. Now we bring on the best college football analysts, period. Come on, game tape, talking coaching, rosters, transfer portal, giving out wisdom to young men how to work hard, don't run from competition, whatever it is, man. This dude does it all, man, and we're pleased to call him a big brother. It's none other than Carl Reed Jr. as he joins us on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You can follow him at Coach Reed Live. Coach, how was your holiday, man? Now, listen, man, I should have let you come to my mom's house last night and give them introduction to me <laughs> when I walked in the house. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I don't feel like I got the respect that I deserved when I entered the house yesterday with the whole family. So I should have had you go in first and give this introduction, right? And then I would have got to sit at the chair that I wanted to sit in. I would have got right. enjoyed my Christmas a little more, man. But how you guys doing, man? It's great to be here as always. Coach, don't tell me they started eating without you, Coach. Hey, oh, let me tell you something. They still expect me to wash the dishes, man. You know, <laughs> it's just like that. My, you know, my dad would say, "Hey, man, I don't care who you are. You got to come move this couch, man. You got to, <laughs> you know, 
they just treat me like regular folks. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you come off a very busy week. You guys had wall-to-wall coverage on 24-7 with recruiting transfer portal. Give me the two or three things that was just shocking to you from all the things that happened last week. I'm never shocked by anything that happens because you got to expect everything. But obviously a big surprise was Cormani McClain deciding not to sign. That was probably the biggest surprise of signing day because people still don't know yet what he's going to do. Also, you have some guys that have been dropped from schools late in the process as the transfer portal has continued to take over recruiting. I think that, um, a Johnny Cornelius, former offensive lineman out of Rhode Island, who ended up signing with Oregon on National Signing Day. That was a huge, huge pickup for the Ducks. I think he ended up being uh, one of the top three players in the transfer portal, you know, along with a couple other guys. And so the amount of quarterbacks that are still in the portal that haven't found homes yet is pretty big. And then the way that the University of Oregon closed on National Signing Day. I mean, Dan Lannon was on fire on Signing Day and, and did some great things there. Of course, Oregon was involved with Notre Dame in one of the most auspicious and confusing and controversial recruiting stories last week. That was the saga surrounding five-star safety Peyton Bourne, who ultimately ended up with the Oklahoma Sooners. We've seen some strange things, right, leading up to National Signing Day on National Signing Day. That had to stick out as one of the most interesting stories of National Signing Day. Was it not, Coach? I think it was, and I think we have to – now we have to look at how different Signing Day is than than what it was even five years ago. The NIL is a factor now. It's a huge factor. And so it makes the fit and sometimes the school very secondary in the process. You have guys that are looking at situations or parents looking at situations where they know that school A is the best football and maybe academic fit for their kid, but school B offers a little bit more money from the collective. There's a little bit more marketing opportunities, which causes the domino effect of C, that kid being in the transfer portal down the line because he didn't pick the best fit for him initially. He picked who gave him the most money. And so that's a real part of recruiting that we're dealing with now. As a parent, how do you, how do, yeah, go ahead, Lef. I'm sorry. Is there a sweet spot where you could yeah. take advantage of an NIL deal? Because it is still, in my opinion, a good thing when done right. But is there a way that you can take advantage of getting a good fit and an NIL deal that you have? Because it sounds like, if you take the NIL deal, you sell your soul, you'll be in the transfer portal in a couple years. But is there cases where it, it kind of all works together? I think that most families don't handle this properly. So you have two levels of NIL. You have the collective, which is turned into a pay-for-play situation. You know, we can call it what it is. But then you have the secondary, what has become secondary, the true name, image, and likeness deals, which is what this rule was created for. I think that if you are a player who likes a specific school, you need to work very hard to find a marketing agent that's in the area of the school you want to play at. 
a businessman, a lawyer, a even some there's some media personalities in certain cities that are locked in with the sponsors and the companies and the advertisers who can help you facilitate those NIL deals. Because if you're from Baltimore, but you're going to go to school at uh, in, in Michigan, for example, right? There's somebody in Michigan that can help you facilitate those deals. And so I don't think that you should turn an eye to the school you really want to go to, but you may have to be more creative in how you negotiate your deals and the team that you put around yourself to do those deals. And so my recommendation for every player would be, and every family would be, to seek out somebody in the area that you're going to because those are the people who can connect you with the businesses that will give you the opportunity to do NIL deals. Left, we we joked last week that Notre Dame's decommitment class might be a top 10 class if you stack it up in uh, recruiting. Please. But what Marcus Freeman was able to do to get in with the big elite programs and, and get guys to you know initially commit to Notre Dame and hold on to the class that they have in an 8-4 season, how would you characterize the job that Notre, uh, Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman, and the rest of the staff were able to do in their first season, which really wasn't a full recruiting cycle. I think that Marcus Freeman did a tremendous job, and I think that he has one of the hardest jobs in the country in this market. Because when you think about Notre Dame, number the first thing you have to address is academically, can you get into Notre Dame? So that's already a challenge within itself. And so if you can academically get into Notre Dame and you're good enough to play at that level, you're probably getting recruited by every school in the country and people right. who have a stronger NIL base. So Marcus Freeman and his ability to hold, carry, and build relationships, that makes his job tougher than anybody. So I think that he's given people a lot to be excited up there because not only was he able to get some huge commitments, he was able to hold on to some throughout the process. And some of those kids I know personally were really, really challenged to flip down the stretch, and he was able to hold on to some. I think he did a tremendous job. Now, Coach, we have to go to what is probably the funniest, in my opinion, the funniest thing that I saw. Who pissed Nick Saban off? <laughs> the role they went on late <laughs> in recruiting. And remember, the last time we talked about this left, the last time they missed the CFP, that's the class they got with Bryce Young and Will Anderson, right? So now this class, I mean, he's slipping guys from Iowa. He's already bringing in the top two running backs. Oh. He flips Keon Keeley. It's like, man, who? I guess he was right when he sent that salvo over the bow of college football. Yeah, Richard Young. Well, then he said, yo, last year, just last year, this time left when he was like, yo, y'all really don't want us to get into this NIL landscape. Like, so I'm, listen, I'm, Nick Saban is one of the most intrinsically motivated people that you'll ever find, right? He is really, really self-motivated and uh, is really um, moved by just being the best he can be. Like, that's not a cliche. He really is like that. But he does see when the people are talking. Mm. He does hear it. He sees it. You know, I, I call it, a, it's kind of like you guys all saw the, the, the documentary about the Bulls, The Last Dance, when 
you know, Michael Jordan to get, you know, he'll you'll say something and then he's like, oh yeah, you you gotta see me. Nick Saban wants yeah, to win yeah, yeah. the national championship. Yeah. For sure. You know, he's not ready to, to give up that top spot just yet. You're gonna see Bama back in the mix. He ain't playing, <laughs> you know. So watch what you say to that man, because you're gonna have to see him again. Yeah, he's hearing that Kirby might be the top dude, that Georgia might be the top program talk over the last two years. And, and Georgia didn't do too bad themselves mm-hmm. from a recruiting standpoint. No, they didn't. Did you think they were really – that Travis Hunter thing, was that really an open recruitment or was it really kind of a done deal, in your opinion, with him going out to Colorado? I think he played it well by putting the post out there on social media. But at the end of the day, you know, if Colorado ends up with the duo of Kamani McClain and Travis Hunter at defensive back in the Pac-12, that's going to be something. Absolutely. Well, let me say this. If you're Georgia or Florida State, you got to ask him, will he come play for you, right? You got to try. You got to try. You can't for trying. But if you look at it and a guy will go to Jackson State to play for a certain coach, should it really be a surprise to you that he went to Colorado with him? Sometimes loyalty and relationships just win in this business, you know, and there's a very strong loyalty and relationship between Coach Sanders and Travis Hunter. And if you do play corner, can we all agree that Deion Sanders is the greatest corner to ever play this game? Absolutely. So we can all agree on that. Wouldn't it be reasonable to think that the best corner in the country would want to play for that guy? You know, so I, I think that uh, that says enough for itself. Yeah, especially when you have that relationship. And do you think that a guy like Marcus Freeman, who's still new to the, the landscape, similar to Deion, but a different new do you think he can establish that with a quarterback or is he more just a re- the one of the best recruiters in the country? Because I feel like he has to have a, a significant or a special relationship with a quarterback to really solidify that dynasty starter that you're looking for. Regardless of whether you're a great recruiter, defensive guy, offensive guy, if you want to compete for national championships, you need to find a guy that's an elite quarterback. Now, here's the thing with quarterbacking. Because when you look at the Elite 11 competitions in the offseason, the Manning Passing Academy, when you go evaluate all of these guys, there's schools that are consistently signing four- and five-star quarterbacks. More important than his ability to recruit a quarterback is going to be his offensive staff's ability to develop said quarterback when he gets on campus and be able to build a system around that player where he can be successful. I think that that's the biggest key. When I think about the teams that consistently win, the Clemsons, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Oklahomas, they were able to build systems taking advantage of those quarterbacks' very specific skills, and they had some adaptability in what they were willing to do with those guys offensively to get them prepared to play championship football. So I think you can identify that guy. I think he can build a relationship with that guy and recruit that guy. But it's gonna, he's got to put that in his OC and quarterback coach's hands, and that guy has to come through and deliver for him in that situation. And we totally agree with you. Before you came on, we talked about 
what we expected or wanted from this program moving out of 22 that would change in 23. And, you know, my submission was this is the last time Notre Dame goes to the transfer portal for a quarterback. Like moving forward, if you want to be an elite program, you you can't have that. Like you have a guy like Kenny Minchie coming in. You have C.J. Carr coming in. The guy you come in, if he's going to be the bridge to those two young guys, it goes to what you said. You have to be able to bring guys in and develop them. And I think Notre Dame fans, Coach Reed, and you chime in any way you want to. Coach, fans have been confused because they get guys in that are supposed to be four stars, but they had consistently haven't been developed to a level to win a national championship. And that's where the Notre Dame fan base has been confused and a little bit upset about the quarterback room, say, over the last five years. I don't think that you can say that we don't want to transfer a portal quarterback. I think that's a poor way to look at it. And let me tell you why. Okay. Who won the Heisman Trophy this year? Oh, Caleb Williams, a transfer quarterback. Yeah. We, 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 threw, we, we threw in the caveat of unless it's a coaching change or something dramatic. Well, we did because so, I so, mean, his okay. coach leaving, going to USC was kind of dramatic for him. But, but okay, so Lincoln Riley's had three Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. All transfers. They were all transfers. Yes, sir. All right. Okay. And so then if you throw in also Jalen Hurts, who was the runner-up, he was a transfer also. Mm-hmm. Right? So his yeah. four best quarterbacks have been transfers. So I don't think that you can say that they shouldn't take a transfer quarterback. You have to find the guy, though. Sometimes a transfer quarterback is good because – you have film that says whether or not they can compete at that level. You have a lot of evidence on do they have the ability. The two hardest positions to evaluate coming out of high school are quarterback and corner because mm-hmm. most of those guys are not really tested, you know, in terms of what they can do. A lot of high school quarterbacks that are elite are playing very subpar competition or some of them, on the other end of the spectrum, are surrounded with so much Division One talent, okay, that the only thing they're doing is throwing bubble screens and slants, and guys are going 70 and 80 yards because they're playing on these super teams. So with those quarterbacks, you really don't know until they get on campus, on, on campus can they handle the volume in this playbook, can they handle the sight read, the sight adjustments, the checks, the audibles, and do they even have the toughness to lead men, right? Yeah. Do they even can they even earn the respect of their teammates? So some of those things you just don't know. I don't care whether you get a high school kid or whether you get a transfer a portal quarterback, but you better get somebody, right? Yeah. Who can do the job because if you don't, you'll be behind a microphone like us at no time. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. I think this fan base, going back to what you said, we can just put it out there. This fan base is on, man, they have the OC on thin ice. I'll just leave it at that. The OC is on thin ice, not only from the development of the offense, but like you said, he has been unwilling to build. I don't want to say unwilling. He's just like the – he hasn't gotten it done as far as developing quarterbacks and putting a national championship offense on the field. So with all of that, that if you I think that if you Marcus Freeman, mm. you're not listening to what the fans are saying. You have to just look at 
the production. And I think any coach has to do that, right? I think if you Tommy Reese, you understand having been a Notre Dame quarterback and now having that position, I think he fully well understands the responsibility that he's been charged with, right? And so we just in the results driven business. And one thing about the game of football is mm -hmm. there's getting it done and there's not getting it done, right? And so, so far, what I, the, Tommy Reese is the guy. And what I would say to any fan base, whether it's Notre Dame or anybody else, you know, get behind that guy and give him some support and see how the season goes, you know, and then go from there. Moving forward, what do you think this – and, Left, you talked about this, man. Yeah. All of this news about the new commissioner coming in, new president for the NCAA, will there be an immediate impact on the NIL collective? I mean, he's been up front on national TV multiple times talking about that's his first order of business when he steps in in early 2023. Because you talked about the importance of NIL with these big-time athletes at the end of the day getting close to National Signing Day. What type of effect do you think it will have, maybe not in the 24 class, but classes further down the line, 25, 26? If he has an impact on, on anything in college football, he'd be the first. You know, so mm. I'm interested to see um, if what he says has any teeth to it, because if it's one thing that we have known for years, that the president of the NCAA very rarely has had an impact on what happened in college football or college basketball. And so is that because they didn't want to? Is that because they got pushback from conference commissioners and school presidents? We don't necessarily know the answer to that because we aren't in those meetings. But what I do know is that it's been a lot of people that say stuff that never happens. You know, so I'm interested to see how it plays out because you can stand up at that podium and understand this. Sometimes the president ain't really in charge, right? So sometimes we know that to be true, right? So let's see how it plays out. And let's see what type of legislation, if any, get brought, gets brought to the table. But for right now, these coaches better adjust to exactly what it is today or they're going to really, really struggle winning. So far, do you think the NIL has been good for college football and the transfer portal, how it plays in? Do you think it's been in a good direction? Whether it's good or not, it's just all a matter of perspective, right? the college players deserve to have some type of income, but it has this, the way that it's turned out has went away from the spirit of the rule and what the true intention of it was. And so I think college football is as healthy as it's ever been. Although the transfer portal does make it um, more fluid for the fans in terms of rooting for guys, because guys are typically now wearing multiple jerseys over the course of their career. But in terms of the money and the finances behind it, I don't think it's been good for some of the kids because some of the kids have made very poor decisions based on chasing money that they were never going to receive. Right. right? <laughs> um, um, based on doing business deals that they weren't prepared to deal with. And also putting a lot of kids in positions where the money became very important to their parents 
And so in turn, they chose situations that weren't in their best interest in the end. That's crazy. This transfer portal, there are a lot of kids, like you said, that are making decisions that at the end of the day, they're going to get left out. And they're not going to have a position in it on the Division One FBS roster. That's not the end of the dream for these kids, is it, though? Because you can go to the FCS and still make your way back if you want to or even still get noticed, you know, and get to the NFL if that's still your dream. So, you I know, how much – I think we got to stop talking about the NFL, right? At mm-hmm. least that needs to be the not the first thing that we talk about because the, the, the truth that we're not telling these kids is that the majority of them are not going to play in the NFL, right? And we're not preparing them for education, degree, job, career, business, entrepreneurship, which is the most likely outcome. Okay, we're saying go from this school to that school based on us trying to make it to the NFL. And the truth is, if you can't get on the field in college, you most likely aren't going to play in the NFL. Right. So you have to be able to look at that from a totality. So anytime we talk about moves or think about even when you're talking about recruiting in college, what do we tell kids? Well, man. If you go Division Two or if you go FCS, you can still go to the NFL from there, and you can. There are some small some cases where that happens, but that's still not the most likely outcome. We need to be telling a kid, "Hey, what can you major in that's going to make you a massive amount of money? What can you study or network into that's going to leave you fulfilled with the career that you're going to have and the family that you're ultimately going to have to take care of." But we say, well, man, if you go to this FCS school, you can still go to the NFL. Well, that most likely is not going to happen. What I will say is that the NFL has the most extensive network of scouts as any professional sports league in the world. And if you're good enough to play into the NFL, those opportunities will materialize and present themselves for you. But in the event, that that's not the case. Have you prepared yourself academically, spiritually, and emotionally to move on to the next step, which is going to be your career and the focus that you need to have so you can take care of your family? Because football is going to end for everybody someday, and for most, it's going to end very soon. You talk about this new president coming in, just to go back and piggyback on what you said about that situation. Do you think, unlike other presidents, he might have some support from coaches, from presidents, from ADs at these universities that wasn't given to previous presidents because of what has happened in this NIL landscape and the transfer portal? There's going to be several coaches who want this slowed down, everything from the recruiting calendar, from the transfer portal to NIL. You're going to have a ton of guys who are going to want changes. But it's interesting to see what those changes look like because the transfer portal gives and it takes away, right? So I was talking to a coach the other day that lost a great player because of NIL and transfer portal, but he also signed a great player that he wouldn't have got had you not had NIL in the transfer portal, right? So, you know, the the, the pendulum swings 
both ways, right? It swings yeah. both ways. So what do you really want out of it? A guy like Drake May in the situation he's in, staying, do you think it was because he would be able to build a roster uh, through the transfer portal? And so, you know, what's the point of leaving when I can just build a team similar to a Dion situation who I'm sure is going to have a 95% different roster by the time the first game comes around first season? Well, so you have to also understand Drake May is a legacy kid at North Carolina. His father played there. His brothers played there. So I think it, it was going to take more than money to get him to leave a situation like that. But I'm sure that in Chapel Hill, they were able to work something out, you know, to make it enticing for him to stay because that is the business now. But I think that Drake May definitely has some relationships. I know that – um. His sister's boyfriend is a is an incoming recruit at quarterback. Also, like it was a lot of family ties. So, although I think some people definitely tested his temperature and his loyalty, right? I think at the end of the day that his blood does run Carolina blue. It also bodes well when the dude that puts the uniform on your back. You know, it's a quick phone call away. Like, yo, Mike, you need to try <laughs> some NIL money, right? <laughs> For yeah. us to keep Drake in Chapel Hill. <laughs> Lucky right. Lefty Podcast. We're talking to Coach Carl 24-7 Sports. You can follow him at Coach Reed Live. He's the best in the business college football analyst. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Follow us, YouTube. Hit the notification bell. Hit that like button. Subscribe. Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we Spin it different. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. As we get ready to let you out of here, Coach, well, it's almost game time, right? It's game week for Notre Dame fans, but it's also game week. I was sitting there watching some NFL yesterday, and I saw all the commercials. And, I'm man, look, I'm ready to get to this semifinals, man. I, I am so amped about both of these matchups because I think people really don't understand the contrasting styles in both of these matchups. Three of the Heisman candidates – represent four, three out of the four teams. I think TCU is going to give Michigan a well of a game. People that think Michigan is just about to come in that game and just pound and run TCU off the field. I think Coach Dykes and, that's the, and Dugan and the rest of that crew are going to show them there's another thing coming. And then the Matt, Ohio State has another life after that disappointing blowout loss at home and probably feeling like they were in the pits 
their season was put back on life support. And they get an opportunity to take on and take down the big dog that, I, that is Kirby Smart and his Georgia Bulldogs. These are going to be two great games. I really do believe we're going to get two quality games come next Saturday night. Well, Shaquille O'Neal, when he was playing for the Lakers, used to have a thing that he said when he said, we the champs until we ain't the champs no more. Oh, no doubt. And I think that you have to go into it with Georgia feeling that way. Yeah. Georgia has just a dominating football unit in all phases of the game. I think that Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia, I think he's the best player in all of college football. I think. Hold on, good. coach. Now you about to make a lot of Notre Dame fans mad, now, coach. Hey, there we go. I think that Brock Bowers is the best player in all of college football. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, and I, I understand it's a great tight end at Notre Dame, you know, but I'm going to give the edge to Bowers, right? And what they're able to do defensively in the run game. And even though that their quarterback is not a star, he's not going to lose the game. He's not going to throw three picks and cost Georgia the game. He's going to play winning football. And I just think that in all three phases, Georgia has been as flawless of a team the last two seasons as you can find. So I think Ohio State um, has a great quarterback in C.J. Stroud. But Jackson Smith and Jigna were not playing, and um, they've had several injuries. I don't know if they can hold up with Georgia in the trenches. On the other side of it, right, on the other side of it with TCU and Michigan, have you seen the Michigan offensive line? Yes, sir. Back-to-back winners of the Moore Award. Blake Corham goes out. The other tailback comes in and still goes for 200 yards. Man, Sharon Moore, the job that he's doing coaching that offensive line, um, the way that Michigan is playing, I just think TCU is going to have a really, really tough time physically. They do have a good quarterback um, that's going to be able to put some points on the board, but I don't think that they've seen anything yet with the physicality that Michigan is going (laughs) to play with. You're talking about old school power, old run game, A-gap, B-gap power from the University of Michigan. Um, I mean, it's just a very, very tough deal. And I I think that we're going to see a Georgia-Michigan game in the national championship for all the marbles. That's – look, we saw what Georgia already did to Michigan last year. Yeah, we don't want to see that again. (laughs) What, What, if anything, does this Michigan team have that they didn't have Previously, when they faced Georgia last year in the semifinals, that, that's going to make it a, a better game. I don't think they they have anything. Oh, but wow. Georgia lost fifteen players to the NFL draft off of that team, so maybe Georgia doesn't have as much, and they haven't been pushed to the limit yet. Georgia had a couple close calls this season, barely getting out of Missouri, twenty-seven twenty-two against the University of Missouri. They had a couple close calls. So maybe Georgia can't overwhelm them the way they did a year ago. Or maybe Georgia is still that deep, man, and we'll find out for sure. We'll find out. I think right now as it sits, I I think Georgia goes back-to-back. It's been a while since it's happened. But I think Kirby, he's going to plant his flag 
as having that number one program in the nation going back to back. And it's hard to argue with the success that he's had. I know it's a lot of Chicago Bears fans up in here that will be watching the Georgia game with That's that right. number two pick. Like, yeah. yeah, we like what we see from Jalen Carter. <laughs> Lucky Lefty podcast. Jalen Carter, the real deal. Man, grown man. Absolute grown man. What's the what's the quarterback that you trust the most out of those four teams? Because it's interesting you pointed out those in which quarterback do you trust the most in a close game fourth quarter? I trust Stetson Bennett the most. Mm. Mm. He's not gonna lose the game for his team. He's gonna make the right play and he's gonna play like a team player. He's gonna get the ball where it needs to go. More than Max Dugan. Because I think he's a Tim Tebow of the, of the four. Whoa, whoa. We just compared him <laughs> to Tim Tebow? Well, I mean, from a style, from a play style, like he's not going to cut you up with 400 yards, but he'll get some tough runs and, and some emotional momentum drives that, that keep the team in the game, put the team on his back kind of thing. Stetson Bennett has already showed me that he can do it, though. He's already showed me that he can do it. With that, He's with a team right. like that, I feel like all four of them show you make it too. Think about this though: Stetson Bennett playing on the kind of team he played on, holding off all the blue chip quarterbacks he had to hold off to keep that job. That shows you what that team in that locker room feels about Stetson Bennett. Mm. That shows you how strongly they feel about him. You know, so I think they go out and play very, very hard for him. We'll see coming up this Saturday, Notre Dame against South Carolina. What are your early thoughts on that matchup? Notre Dame has uh, – they they're going for their fourth win, if I'm not mistaken, against the AP Top 25 this season, 8-4 and four in the season, and going in as a slight underdog. I would have picked South Carolina until I saw that they've had two NFL tight ends going to the transfer report which I think was a big part of what they were doing offensively. So I'm going to give a slight edge here to Notre Dame. I'm going to get, and I think that this game is an important momentum building block for them going into the next season because South Carolina lost a couple of key pieces in the transfer portal. It'll be important for Notre Dame. Right. Coach, I want to appreciate you for showing love as a University of Illinois alum to what Brett Bielema is doing down there. I love Brett Bielema. Um, Brett Bielema is one of the most, in my opinion, underrated college football coaches in the country. And whether people in Wisconsin want to admit this or not, they have never been the same since he left, mm. right? And uh, he has been able to go into the University of Illinois, a program that hasn't had any momentum in decades, and put the season, the, the, the type of season, and he should have, they should have beat Michigan. Michigan. There were two horrendous calls in that game that those referees are responsible for. They should have beat Michigan. And when you think about the tragedy that he had in his family and, and the focus he was able to come back and lead his team with, I think Brett Bielema is a guy that is often overlooked, but is one of the very best college football coaches in the country. I just have an unbelievable amount of respect for him in the way he runs this program. Well, coach, as always, man, we appreciate you so much, man. 
you're pretty much family to us right now. I told A, hey, I got on leak about that uh, your, your whiskey order too, bro. Hey man, so I need know. that whiskey. Uh, all right, and, and and listen, next year Thanksgiving or Christmas, I'm flying you in because I need <laughs> that introduction. I go in the house so everybody knows what time it is. All yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I want the first Absolutely. cut of turkey. All right? <laughs> I want my drinks poured first. I'm not emptying any trash. All these kids here, and my old man think I'm supposed to still take the trash out, man. Yeah, like I'm yeah. 16 years old. So I need some order you to give here. that introduction for me that you gave at the beginning of the show so that my people understand what time it is yeah. when I walk in the house for the next holiday. <laughs> Did they at least let you sit at the big table, Coach? I get to sit at the big table now. That's right. right? I get to sit at the big table, you know. But I don't get to eat first. Oh, man, that's gotta hurt. That's gotta hurt. That's right. We need to elevate. He needs that new contract, that new family I need a new contract. contract. I, I, I got to call my old man today. We need to renegotiate. <laughs> I need a new contract. I'm going, or I'm going in the transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Well, how's your schedule? Because I want people once again follow him at Coach Reed Live, Twitter, Instagram. I believe you're still you're on TikTok as well, I'm Coach. TikTok. I'm on everything. Coach Reed Live, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You can DM me, man. You can DM me and I'll talk to you. I'll holler back at you. If I really like you, I'll let you call me. We can talk on the telephone, man. <laughs> FaceTime me. Reach out to me, man. Don't be a stranger. I'm on 24-7 sports on a regular basis. We started a new show called The College Football Daily in January. I'll be on that, you know, so hit me anytime. Holler at me if you need anything, man. And always, I'm always, always open. If you want to send me a good bottle of champagne and a cigar, send it to me, man. All right? And I'll go live with you while drinking and smoking. I'll go live with you while we talk. Hey, hey, Coach, now with this new show, the price of the brick didn't go up for getting you on our show, did it? No, we good, man. You found me. Yeah, okay, there we go. Thank goodness. <laughs> We have to make sure. Hey, Coach, man, have a wonderful new year, you and the family, man. Eternal blessings and favor upon all of you guys. And then tell your dad, you know, if he treats you right, we'll we'll send a little something to him as yeah, well. Yeah, we'll make sure you get right, my too. My guys, my guys. Love you guys, man. Y'all be all right. good. Hey, you too, Coach. All right, man. Thanks, Coach. Man, that's Coach Carl Reed, 24-7 Sports, right here at Coach Reed Live. Yo, I told you he's the best in the business, left. He's the best right. in the business. So much wisdom that he, he shares and talks about the game. Totally different than most people that analyze the game. And we're pleased to have him here as much as we have him throughout the season on the Lucky Lefty podcast, man. So there was a rumor that came out. It was officially released by Eric Hansen. And uh, Notre Dame obviously has their transfer quarterback left and uh your early insights and thoughts on uh, what is perceived to be uh, the decision made by Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese. This is a Tommy Reese special, man. This is uh, another uh, what's the what's the Star Wars movie? Uh, Attack of the Clone or something? Yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> another print and Kinko's copy version of himself bringing in a guy like sam hartman and he any this time it came with a twist he gets you with the numbers now but we're getting a guy with that hit the hit the ceiling 
we already know what this guy is. He's not going to get better than what he is in one season. You're going to get a guy that's going to give you a 10 and two season and then play LSU in some kind of cotton bowl or something. This is just getting back on track with the same standard. And the question is not that he, is he going to be good or not? Is he going to beat the Georgias, the Alabamas, uh, those type of teams? I don't believe so. I think he's just another version of a of a Jack Cone that can execute the offense, but the talent is limited. He can do some things here and there, but he's better than what we have in the room, but not better enough uh, to push this team to the next uh, level. I do think he can do some things that can be better than what we've had, but that's not saying too much because Jack Cone's the last best quarterback we've had in that position, and he was a backup to Graham Mertz. So I do think Hartman would be better than uh, Jack Cohn, but when it comes to winning the, the two or three games that we need at the end of the season, I just think we'll come up short. Now, two back-to-back great comments from LL Nation. I got Wayne Miller says, getting Hartman shows, Indy couldn't get anyone else, and I got MW. Yeah, I said, no, getting Hartman shows, Reese wanted another him. That's all it is. This is a Reese special served up consistent you knew he wasn't going to go outside of the realm of a of a quarterback that can quote unquote do what the system is requiring i think uh tommy's got to get with the program because the program that he's running right now just is giving you enough not to get fired you can mask all the things you want oh he's the leader of this and this and done all these stats, but the, the talent has hit the ceiling. You know what you're getting. You're not going to get a guy that's going to pop more on scene and give you something that he was – I mean, he was at Wake Forest, you know. So there's not a guy that was at Clemson and it was like, oh, I want to transfer. This is a guy that was at Wake Forest, been there the whole time, developed, has gotten better. But I don't think it'll be – uh, a situation where he's mutually making Notre Dame better like Notre Dame is making him better. There's one thing that I think if this story holds up and it indeed takes place and he becomes a part of the Notre Dame program, there's one thing that sticks out that I think Notre Dame is desperately in need of. He, he has a C on that chest and he commands the huddle. That's right. I think we're getting. A, I think we're getting a better prospect in the in the sense that one, he was a starter somewhere else. That's a major factor. A guy right. that's been there, done that. A fifth year guy fits the criteria of a graduate transfer that we usually pretty much like. I think he's got all the intangibles there is to fill in a in a room that needs leadership, some raw, aggressive, masculine energy. I think he'll bring some of that. But he's definitely a clone of Tommy, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think, like I said, it's a 10-2 and two type of guy, a guy that give a little more juice to offense that much needed it. But you're talking about a team that much needed it, not a team that was surfacing and looking to take off. You know, we was kind of swimming in the, uh, the bottom of the ocean for a little bit from a uh, a standard of what we needed from that room. So I think uh, – Bringing Sam Harmon would be a, a better addition, but not the addition that I think could take us over the top. Yeah. 
And someone in the chat, I lost it. Someone in the chat said, man, what transfer quarterback was actually going to move the needle? Hey, for I me, think... go ahead, Le. I'm sorry. No, you got it. No, I was just going to say Notre Dame was going to move the needle for most of the guys in the portal. Right. This We were going to make most of those guys in the portal a lot happier than what they were on their previous team. I think there was some that had some talent that could compete with the right system around them, which Tommy uh, runs with the good enough players. Cause we have good enough players to compete with the best teams. It's just that quarterback position that has to ignite it in the right way. And I think there were some attributes of some guys that could do a little bit more than just go out there and execute a play. And, and I think that's what it'll take going against a team that, you know, pound for pound will probably be just as talented, if not more. But you're going to need that special position, that quarterback, that little sauce on top to really take it over the top. And I think uh, with Sam Harbin, I just don't think he's going to give us the over-the-top sauce that we need. But he can be a really good fit for a team that needs leadership that'll be young. And him wearing that C on the chest probably matters the most. But Absolutely. from a talent perspective, I mean, come on. You know, he's not he's at Wake Forest for a reason. You know, it took him three years to get on the scene. That's just not the speed of college football these days. You gotta you gotta come damn near ready made. And and that's the next step, right? That we can segue right into what we want to talk about this offense taking the next step and closing the gap to be a championship offense. And it's going to start with that quarterback position. We already talked about their feelings for Tyler Buckner in that building. Like, don't get mad at us. We're telling you how they feel about Tyler Buckner. So you're not disagreeing with us. You're disagreeing with them. Yeah, it does show that Tyler Buckner is going to be iced another season because I don't think Sam would leave the NFL draft to come sit behind a Tyler Buckner. Uh, oh, absolutely. So I think that, you know, Tyler's probably got to be in a position of that role, go out there and run the ball left and right a couple times to give Sam a break. Uh, or maybe just take a whole another season to probably get healthy and compete with Kenny Minchie. But it does confirm that one of those two guys got to go between Angeli and uh, Buckner. Man, absolutely. So – Eventually, someone's going to transfer. They believe in Tyler Buckner, and they believe in the two guys they have coming in in 23 and 24. And, you know, we said it multiple times last week. Kenny Minchie is an early enrollee. There is no excuse for him not to be able to walk in to a college football game. Week 9, 2023. Start and win with the talent he has around him. There's no excuse. This yeah. is an elite. This is an elite college football program. Top ten. Some can argue top five or six. Absolutely. There's no excuse for your quarterbacks not to be developed and ready to start a college football game. Period. Because we have the pieces around a quarterback. We just need that talent to flourish, you know. You know, and if that quarterback comes in and does give that bridge year to Tyler Buckner, you have to understand he's also giving the bridge year to Kenny Mitch. It's the right. same thing. So now you come in and you have Kenny Mitch and Tyler Buckner battling for the job. 
in the spring of 24. You got to keep the natural order right, man, because if you don't, it'd just be in a transfer purgatory. Yeah, you know, and I hear what Coach Reed was saying. Like, if you had that opportunity to grab a dude, I, I think I'll leave it at this. Tommy Reese swung big. I'll just leave it at that. Like, I know for a fact that Tommy Reese went out and swung big in the portal. 100%. He went out and he swung for a really, really big name in the portal. Didn't happen, but he swung big. So, and that was pretty much a one-year deal as well. So. Yeah, one year. Yeah. So, look, kudos to him if they feel like that individual um, – I'm sitting up here acting like Marcus Freeman. I can't like I can't talk say his name until he actually signs or something. <laughs> if, if that quarterback actually does end up in Notre Dame, you know, like you said, Love, he, he's the starter. He's a leader that that young talent on offense needs, the guidance that they need, and he'll help with the development. You know, yeah. and that's what you need. You know, because there's no excuse behind this offensive line, the running game, the running back room, the wide receiver room, the tight ends. Look, man, the time he has more talent than he he's walking into more talent and playing with more talent than he's ever had. Ever at Wake at Wake Forest. Ever, ever. ever. So he's just he's gonna eat, you know. But every game, when you get down to it, he's gotta be make a couple throws and a couple plays and is he going to be able to withstand that? I mean, he's not competing against the ACC schedule. Mm-hmm. Like he, like we've proven to be what? 28. No against. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's already doing 10 times better than what he was at Wake Forest. Yeah. So him in a playing in a, in a situation like this, yeah, you have the better team, but you're also a little lot in a tougher challenge, you know, with who we're playing as well in a schedule that's could be a little bit of everything. So this is a that's why I got to throw the numbers out a little bit. I think that yeah, you've done great in that conference, taking it on a national road schedule like this. I think you'll you'll be good. But can you be great in the moments we need you to be great? Yeah. Johnny once says something interesting. If Hartman has promised to compete for the job, I'm cool. Just don't want the situation Texas had where the guy who was the backup should have been the starter and you started the portal guy because of promises. I think about portal guys, we don't have loyalty to portal guys, you know. Yeah, but that Texas situation, look. Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers. Hudson Card wasn't head and shoulders better than Quinn Ewers. He wasn't. And Quinn Ewers had the bigger arm to go with the speed that had a wide receiver. So I don't fault Sark. And Sark knew what he had coming at Arch. So and for, Yeah, and for us to even recruit a, a Sam Hartman type of player, we're not looking to compete with Tyler Buckman. This is Sam coming in and play for a year, and we'll get you drafted. Tyler dude, would be an understudy. Dude, Tyler's biggest problem is his is his lack of availability. That's you it. can't you can't develop if you're not available. That's it. That's it. 
That's all we say. Can't develop if you aren't available. What do you want us to do? So when he walks in to compete this spring, there is nothing that Tommy Reese is going to show Hartman that he hasn't seen in a playbook. Exactly. So exactly. it's pretty safe to say that Hartman's going to run the offense a little bit smoother. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Like what like let's be realistic. And that's I, what I he wanted. That's all Tommy wanted. Tommy yeah. just wanted a guy that can that can I don't have to coach on stuff that you know I just want to be able to get in call. Yeah. You know, yeah. I Sam, I already know he can run basically all the stuff I want to do, and I just have to add this and this for specific weeks. But Tyler, I gotta start over and start from the basics and yeah. Blah blah blah. So we know how Tommy wants to go about it. Yeah. There's yeah. different in Texas where it's like you got two talented guys. I don't know. Yeah. And see, this will ha- this is what has to change moving forward. Talking about building a national championship team. We threw the ball 39% of the time left in 2022. Come on, man. What are we talking about? That's not a national championship oh, That's what we was talking about. 39% of the time is why we're talking about Charlie Jones. Completion percentage, 41st in the nation. Now, wait a minute. See, because I say this for last, right? So I saw it early in the show, and I got Bernie that frequently watches our show, said Drew Pine was pretty amazing quarterback after 10 games. The problem wasn't development. It was keeping Pine. His O-line is the best in the nation. I didn't know he – I didn't know Pine owned the offensive line. His best tight end. Best running backs, wide receiver room, insane improvement. Look, Drew Pine and complete, pretty amazing, right, left? A pretty amazing quarterback doesn't lose to Stanford at home. A pretty amazing quarterback isn't asked to leave or asked that or told that after a pretty amazing season, to in your words, that we're looking to bring somebody else in. Absolutely. A pretty amazing you quarterback. And your and your boss come in and say, "Hey, you've been killing it, employee of the month. Great sales, a triple yeah. everybody else. Yeah. Most valuable player. But listen, <laughs> next week we're bringing in somebody for you. So you know you can leave and get another job, but that's just how we move. It wouldn't make no yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the great tight end, the great wide receivers that you talked about, and the great offensive line still wasn't so, good enough. The OC only trusted him to throw the ball 39% of the time. Oh, by the way, his best attribute was that he completed 64% of his passes. You know where that rank nationally left? 40th. He was the 40th best quarterback in completion percentage. Stop with this amazing. Stop. 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 If he was that amazing, he wouldn't have ended up out in the desert, in the portal. Let's mm. keep it a buck. Let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a buck. And if we're just being honest, those are stats. Those yes. are his stats. His best attribute was completion percentage. And he was 40th in the nation. Just like uh, Sam Hartman got a bunch of great numbers. But what is he going to do when it when it comes down time to it? That's the question. And he was 72nd in interception thrown percentage. I just like to throw that in that dude too. Left. 
all. Hey, man. Harbor's going to be a step up. He's going to be better than Cone, better than Pine. But is it better than 10 and 2? Does he beat Ohio State week four next year? Does he beat Ohio State week four? That's the that's the question. Because the McLeod kid will be starting for uh, Ohio State more than likely, right? And that's a layup compared to C.J. Stroud. That's a layup. And it's at home. Come on, big dog. We we shall see. We shall see. In response to our question of the day, Drunk Vigo says, I wish I could eat hot dogs like Joey Chestnut, bro. (laughs) I guess that is an athletic feat. Uh, You are a foodie left. Um. Hot dogs it, is not on there, though. Yeah, it's not on there. What What's the one thing you would binge eat if you could? Man, good New York style pizza. You like the pie, huh? I like the thin. I like the thin. Do you fold it? Sometimes. Sometimes. If, it, if it's too hot and it's falling off, I fold it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But if I could just pull apart like the commercials. Yeah. Our boy Donnie Cruz is going crazy right now as we talk about New York style pizza. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's going crazy right now. His Knicks are playing pretty good this year, even though the they Bulls, are. even though the Bulls just walked in and, and you know kind of crushed MSG the other his past. Oh, week. really? Yeah, Demar Rosen sent them home crying. He did send them home. That was nice. He sent, he sent them home crying. Let's get to our super chats before we get out of here. Truman Theodore Dumel, how seriously should we look at Ryan Hartman? I think he's the missing. Puzzle piece to bridge until our quarterback prospects shine to right. Ten and two. Whatever you want to eat with that. Eat your hard eyes with ten and two. <laughs> Matt Cow, uh, Matt Coffin. I'm sorry. Thank you for the super chat, Sean. You said you had some info on what ND was doing in the NIL front. I dropped that like shows ago. I. I'm not. I don't. I don't know what he's referring to specifically. I. I, I mean, dude, I did a full two weeks ago. I did two shows back to back on NIL changes and how it impacts Notre Dame. And, yeah. Yeah. They, they don't understand, huh? No, I'm just. I don't know specifically what he's asking about. Otherwise, I would probably answer it better. Jason Hewlett, thank you for the super chat. I don't want no attributes, big dog. I want some superpower fours the one time. Like Jason versus Superman. Oh, he went straight superhero with it. Oh, like for <laughs> I think uh you know, I think that's the best we could get right now is the Sam Hartman for what Tommy wants to do. You know, it's different than getting the most talented guy in the portal. We're getting the guy that Tommy likes. It's different. Tommy not reaching for the for the cookies on the top shelf. He's comfortable with the ones in the middle, the ones that, you know, you put on the bottom shelf to put the better ones on the top. I think what we are seeing is that Tommy, from the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and the running backs that they've taken the last two years, is looking for explosiveness. Jadarian Price was that explosiveness. Jeremiah Love is that explosiveness. That's right. The the four wide receivers they brought in, more explosive. 
along with Tobias Merriweather being more explosive. What does that lead to? Stop leaning on the run game as much and allow the run game to be more explosive and allow your running backs to be part of the passing game. And you go from 39% of your plays being run, being passes to somewhere around 51, 52 is where Tommy Reese really wants to get at and get to. And that's the mark that this offense needs to progress to in order to really challenge for a national championship and to be able to put up 40 points a week because that's the target. You're not winning a national championship unless you can put up 40 points and at least 35 against a good team. At least. At least to take on that challenge. And that's what Tommy Reese and his offense has facing them. Can they do that? I I would think that from a points per game average, completion percentage, uh, passing yards per game, touchdowns, I think a lot of categories would take a significant step forward if Hartman is the quarterback next year. Yeah, we'll take some steps forward, but yeah, a lot from a from a from a organization standpoint, from a we're looking like a a unit. We're not looking like a car with spare parts. We can see what Tommy can really flourish in in a year uh, with a offense that'll execute, knowing their starter. Um, I think it'll be a a good year, but I just – it comes down to two or three games with this team. And don't you think – let's be real. Harvin's – if if Harvin's the guy, he's a better product coming in than Jack Cohn was. Yes. That's what I said. He's a better <clears throat> upgrade than Cohn and Pine and Buckner. Uh, I think he's up there with an Ian in terms of talent. I think he's probably a little more um, further ahead in the passing game. Further ahead, yeah. So probably the best quarterback since Ian. And we can see what you do with that. I mean, we got to the playoffs with that. So, But we just saw that when it came time to win against them big dogs. <laughs> Coffee's for closer says, so will it be – thanks for the super chat. So will it be a juice box – Cheese sandwich and a GPS for Tommy if he can't get it done in 2023. I don't know. It depends on how Marcus Freeman uh, wants to keep that keep that on him. You know, if Marcus Freeman doesn't, uh, if it allows him, I guess, to to be okay with a ten and two season is better than eight and four. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on how Marcus Freeman wants to keep that that comfortability going because we can get comfortable and win a bunch of 10 and two seasons. We just had a decade of that. Yeah. Um, 3,700 yards left. That's what Sam Harden threw for. 3,700 yards. Yeah, I mean, 38 touchdowns. We 38 touchdowns, him. 12 interceptions. Well, I mean, he'll be playing a majority ACC schedule, though. So True, that's but we thing. didn't want to Brendan Armstrong. Brendan Armstrong threw for what, like 4,000 yards, something crazy? That was like the year previous before the injury. Yeah, so we didn't want Brendan Armstrong. He threw for better numbers. So it's like ACC schedule can get you. That's what I'm saying. Tommy can slide that in there. Oh, he did it. 
but the talent, the ceiling is already hit for this guy, just like it did for Jack Cohn. Jack Cohn was going to get more athletic, more dynamic, a better, you know, it was just, we got what the product was already made for. Yeah. Yeah, 64% of his passes, like I said, he's averaging 280 yards per game with a rating of 151.2 QBR, 75.7. So it's obvious that he's in, it's an improvement, an upgrade. We'll see what happens. Corey Rue says, I'm thankful for the Super Chat. I may have missed this since I joined late. Can you speak to Sam Hartman? Uh, yeah, we, we started the show with that. And we spoke with him with Coach Carl Reed. No, we didn't talk about that with him. Can we win a national championship with this guy? And how does that shape the quarterback room? Like left said, ten and two. I'm not sure if he's beating elite teams, and it doesn't shake the quarterback room at all. Concerning twenty three or twenty four, Kenny Minchie needs to be ready to start the end of his freshman year and ready to compete for the starting job the spring of his sophomore year. That's it. Period. Period. That's it. No more transfer QBs. No. And I know people are like, what about Steve Angeli? Somebody got to go. If you want to do this right, somebody got to go. Somebody's leaving next spring. Technically, neither one of them Marcus Freeman's guys. Technically. Speak on that. Hartman is more of his guy than either one in Angeli or, or Buckner. I think that's Buckner. A, that's a good point, Love. Buckner was in the building when Marcus Freeman was a DC, but not the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah oh, man, as you ready to close, Rocket Twenty Five says, guys, I don't understand. The Brayden Lindsay petty train from a couple of weeks ago. Man, you're asking us to remember a petty train from two weeks ago? Were you saying that Brayden wasn't sincere about what he said? No, he's just a terrible spokesperson for quarterbacks. He never says anything about what quarterbacks are supposed to do, which is throw the no. ball. No. Like, don't let him sit there and talk about quarterbacks at all. He's, he's bad, at, bad at speaking for him. He's bad at speaking for them. He's just not good PR for the quarterbacks in Notre Dame. Your job to throw it, and you talking about everything else. He can bake a good cake. <laughs> you know, he does great job in helping me with my homework. And hell, he can run like the wind. You see him Man. running the other day? Nothing Yo, related to quarterbacking. <laughs> he, he needs to go to the school of Mitchell Evans. Mitchell Evans just a week ago was like, "Yo, Tyler's balling. Steve and Jelly, both of them balling, looking yeah. good." That's all you want. That's and it all took you 10 want seconds. That's all we want to hear. 10 seconds. That's it. Scott Brayden, man, it's the best running quarterback I played with. He can run really well. Like yeah. Brayden. Come on, man. You got to give us a little more than that. And and somebody talking about I'm I'm not giving Hartman enough credit. Look, 10 and 2 is good. I mean, what do you want? I don't I mean, you know, I don't think he's no National championship quarterback, but 10 and 2 is better than 8 and 4. Look, man, people talking 12 and 0. No name ain't going 12 and 0 if that defensive line doesn't change. Oh, yeah, no, we definitely know. We, we can talk about Sam Hartman all we want to. 
Yeah. Giving up 130 on the ground? Nah. Nope. 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 He's not, nope. he's not he's not that much of a difference at quarterback to cover up. And if you missed that podcast, we did it Friday. What needs to be done defensively to close the gap and win a national championship? That's the big uglies in the front. You can watch it on YouTube. You go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown, and listen to it. Yeah, yeah, the Braden Fist kid, a defensive tackle, he's a must-need, along with a lot of other things that need to happen in recruiting and development. Al Washington, spotlight is on you, sir. Yep, go get him. Like, we can talk about Sam Hartman all we want to. He closes the gap a little bit. To get over that deep. But as a team, it's a lot of things that need need to happen. Now, if we had Cam Newton, then okay. Oh, yeah, the fifth kid, he did. Okay, he picked FSU. I didn't see that over the weekend. Well, hey, Al Washington. Look, listen, there's only so many kids in the class. Man, my brother, you got your – Yeah, my man. I don't know what to tell you. The seat is a little hot. That's, and that's just because everybody else is doing good. You know, we got that the linebacker good. thing solved. Yeah. Yeah. Linebackers are solved. Dude, I hear that uh, your boy Hackett got the axe already out in, in Denver, bro. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. You just happen to sign a guy for more money that you can't cut right away. Right. Uh, you know what time it is, love. Russell Wilson, man. Oh, my goodness. Talking about falling off a cliff. Because he has a good team. Yeah. That's what yeah. makes it so crazy. He has a good team. It's just a- but you got your offensive line. Mad at you and the backup quarterback getting beat up because of it. Sierra, I know Sierra. She ain't happy with that. He probably sleeping on the couch. And it sucks in professional sports where you almost like pile on the dude that's not playing well because you feel so right because of it. It's like you did it on purpose, so I got to jump on you, you know. Oh, man. That's in trouble, man. Ma'am, hey, my train didn't show up, bro. What's going train on? Did, the train uh, <laughs> is getting converted to eco-friendly. Dude, let's see. Oh, man. Yeah. Something wrong with the train. The train not functioning today. Well, we're just gonna go ahead and do a petty story. Yo, I don't know what's going on with the train today, but Petty story of the day brought to you by Nora Whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you do so responsibly. responsibly. 
Uh, yo, Travis Hunter, did you see this left? No, what happened? Uh, he committed to Colorado, and this kid from the 23 class named Hakeem Williams. Oh, yeah. <laughs> committed to Florida State, and I guess Miami tried to get him to flip at the last minute, and he tweeted out, no, nah, ain't no Travis Hunter over here. And uh, Travis Hunter retweeted the kid and said, you can never beat me. <laughs> Yo, Travis Hunter is super petty. He's super petty. He's super be right, petty, though. bro. Can't be hey, him, man. I got Travis saying you can never be me. Dude, Russell Wilson, you got to go on a petty trade, bro. It's a shame what's happening to him. What do you say to it? It's just too comfortable. When you can go home to what he go home, goes home to, maybe life is just too good, bro. You know what I mean? I don't know. You think you think life is just too good for Russ right now? Yeah, man? yeah I don't know the hunger. I I just don't see it, bro. He has his money. Really, I mean, I guess he still has to prove that he can win outside of Seattle without that defense. But I mean, he's looking real bad, man. Like I feel real bad for him. I don't think people realize how bad that dude is looking. And, and uh, Josh Jacobs goes on the petty train, bro, for his comments post-game yesterday. What did he say? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see Josh Jacobs. That I dude ripped – he ripped the organization. He ripped the ownership. <laughs> he ripped everybody except the players. And basically was like, yo, I see the blood, sweat, and tears that we put – Put forth, but uh, nah, we're not getting the results. So he basically ripped the coaching staff, administration, everybody else. He's a free agent, by the way, left. So yeah, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't care. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm a free agent. I don't care, man. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Thank you guys so much, CFB Nation. For the first time, went over 100,000 downloads this month. It's because of you. We greatly appreciate you. Set up the automatic download. Leave five stars. Leave your comments. We respond to all comments, whether it's the podcast or via our YouTube page. Subscribe to that. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Hit the notification bell. Anytime we post something or go live, you'll know. And then do us a favor. Smash that like button. We greatly appreciate you. We even appreciate those that smash the unlike button. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if you want, if you want to take us from 100 to 98 percent, we appreciate it. Do your thing. You know, there was an entire post on IB uh, message board last week uh, dedicated to us left. Really? Yeah, I want to thank everybody over IB Nation that showed us love in that post too. Man, you love. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, you know, the post was, uh, you know, I don't want to say it was shady, but you know. LL Nation came out in full force and IB Nation in full support. Person kind of backed off in the end. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we're here for, man. We're not here to be like everybody else. We spend it different. That's what we do. So for this dude, we'll get into the game tomorrow, dog. 
start yeah. breaking down what we can do against Spencer Rattler in this extremely hot game pop offense. It's going to be a challenge. See if the youngest, youngsters can step up for this dude, Malik Zaire. I'm Sean Davis. We'll see you tomorrow for another great show of the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Have a great Monday, but most of all, make sure that you spend it different. 